Welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and this week I am joined with Brett Freeman. Hello, everybody. And Jonathan Lee. Hello. Now, we don't have any real plans. I know we last episode that we said we were going to cover the rest of the stuff that we didn't talk about and the objectives and all that fun stuff. And um, we're a little bit behind because we took off the Memorial Day weekend. So and it's kind of past that point that everyone probably already has their mindset on the points and don't care about our opinion. So we're just going to talk about Star Wars and, you know, uh, we won't talk about Obi-Wan we won't spoil it for you guys, but um, we'll have a little bit of a fun episode. We'll uh, maybe talk about different things. Uh, X-Wing. Well, let's start X-Wing related. Um, anything that you guys are noticing in particular about the X-Wing world right now? It uh, It is very divided. Let's go further into that, Brett. Okay, um, Europe hates X-Wing, and so, I don't understand why. <laughs> Games Expo is happening right now. Uh, we have 78 people right there, uh, which is usually a event that is drawing in hundreds and hundreds of people. Like, I mean, I think right before COVID happened, they had like, what, 500 people? So that would be the uh, UK System Open, which is in Milton Keynes. This is the UK Games Expo, which is different. Okay. <clears throat> the In 2019, the UK um, Grand Championship was there. That was the one that Jack Mooney won with Handbrake on, and that had uh, like 190 people. Right. So even still, I would expect that this would have brought in a lot of people and it really hasn't. Uh, oh, I mean, I wouldn't say it hasn't. So it's got 78 people there, I believe. So it's still got a good amount. And I think it's still, for being a new addition on everything, I think it's still, and COVID's still happening. I'm rather pleased with how much how many people are there. Yeah, it's, it's not a small event by any means still. And, you know, people do have to kind of get back in the mindset of being willing to travel to these big events, especially when things could still get canceled. Um, you know, and I, I don't know. I think 78 people is perfectly fine. It's got a lot of uh, big names there. And uh, I mean, my understanding at least is it, it wasn't the cheapest event to go to. So, uh, you know, I mean, the cost also could easily keep people away. So that just makes the turnout even better. I think uh, just like when people, when you have a tournament at a big con, sometimes people, like they go to Gen Con, they want to do Gen Con, they don't want to do a tournament necessarily. And I think UK Games Expo could is kind of similar to that. Um, and I looked at the last one at UK Games Expo was 195 people in 2019. With like half of the list blank. <laughs> I don't I don't miss those days of, uh, like completely incomplete data. A lot of blank names. Yes. Like uh, if you just look at basically everyone after place 113th on the, the list, there's one one name and list in there on this fortress. Good on you, Ashley Turner, number 119. Yes. Good job for not deleting that. <laughs> 
pretty Liberty Squadron that we are reporting uh, tournaments that happened three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, it's happening this weekend, but I, I still think like 78 people is a turnout that uh, uh, I mean, I, I guess it, it is very good. I mean, if you look at other miniatures games, there are, oh, I know Brett gets triggered by that word, but um, it, it's still a very well turnout. Um that this many people came out to play the game. Now I know there's a, a previous data has shown that like whenever we have a new edition or anything like that, you know, people surge to it. But we are a very split community, and it's going to take time to heal. I know people are very uh, saddened that their edition is not being played anymore. Not I shouldn't say being played, but not being supported anymore. That there is a legacy community i for one um am not interested in that community and that's just my personal preference like i think i i'm not a very big homebrew person uh that i trust other people to be balancing and everything like that like i'm enjoying 2.5 in its current state so i mean i enjoy the direction part of the reason that i play x-wing and go through what i do it isn't almost the game but i mean it's really like the the support that it does get throughout the amg and asmodee and all that stuff and, and i still enjoy what they are doing even though it's not to the fullest extent that i'm expecting and i think we are kind of like on that turning point of going from like post COVID into back into normal. Uh, I still think that we're going to have a, a good amount of stuff coming back that we're used to. And like I said, I know we are in a, a split community. I think wounds are still very fresh. Uh, and I don't want to sit here and say, well, you know, the legacy community will die or the AMG community will die. But I also think at the same time, like, it's hard seeing the community and the direction that it is and the people that are like actively attacking other communities like um when you know like the fly better cast put out the uh developers interview and everything there was a lot of hate going around and like that's not the x-men community on either side so, like it, it's kind of silly at this point uh, and you know there's going to be support on both sides there's going to be hate on both sides but i also think that like this was not the community that we have always kind of grown to love from like day one yeah and like i don't know i thought the developers came off quite well in that interview too like i i feel like people are attacking the smallest parts and trying to make it seem like like it, it's a demonstration of incompetence. Like I can't even tell you the number of times I've, I've seen people complain about how clearly this whole edition was rushed through because there's three typos on the rules reference guide. So obviously they did not take their time uh, at all on this and everything is just horrible because of it. Like it's, it, it's just like deliberate. Um, it's like exaggerations. Yeah. Yes. It's, I, I, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's really Wait. wearing people down. And, and I, I think a lot of it also is, uh, 
I mean, okay, and I'm not even just gonna blame like the X Men community, because like I watched that stream, the AMG FFG stream, and like the first two questions on like the stream were about Destiny being dead and Imperial Assault being dead, and they're like, oh, when is it coming back and all this stuff, and it's kind of just like, man, it's it's beating a dead horse to a point, but uh, I think. I my firm belief is play what you love. There are communities on both sides and the developers. I mean, we don't know the whole story. There could be a, a completely different reason why they made an entire new di- edition. There could be an entire, you know, like stuff that we don't see in the background. And it, this could be all Asmodee's fault. It's not like it's coming just like AMG being like, we're going to rip this game apart and, or it could be, I don't know. But I also think that uh, uh, at the same time, it's uh, you can sit here and make presumptions. And I know people have been verbally attacking playtesters and other things about this. And it's very disheartening to see that like the community, neither community is going to thrive if, if that stuff happens. And it's just sad to see. And like I said, I do enjoy the new X-Men. Uh, did I enjoy the old X-Wing? Absolutely, 100%. I mean, um, but if I had to choose between the two, I, I'm obviously going to go to the route of the uh, developer and I'm going to adapt to it and I will have complaints and I've made them present, but that doesn't mean that I absolutely hate the game. Like, it's I have suggestions of what happened in X-Wing 2.0 and 1.0 and all that stuff and it's crazy that all this is happening. But I think it's time to, for everyone to just honestly move on, play the game that you want to play, and uh, go that route. And to stop complaining about the games you don't want to play. Right? Like, if you don't want to play X-Wing, stop talking about X-Wing. I, that's yeah. one of the things that I really don't understand. Like, I, I've never seen people spend more time just talking about what they claim to hate. And I, I don't know, like, if you haven't tried, like, the, the new scenarios or anything like that, like, it, it's a completely different feel and balance than it was even, you know, three weeks ago. Like, the developers did a really good job of identifying, you know, the problems that we as a community all were able to see were, were an issue and coming up with interesting ways of fixing them. Like, the, the fix-to-chance engagement feels fantastic. The, the fix to scramble, same thing. I mean, both of those now are very enjoyable scenarios when in the past, you know, they, they were probably uh, the two worst. Assault has always felt good, and it, it continues to do so. And uh, I think that the uh, change they made to salvage, um, where they basically got rid of reposition actions and you can now do advanced maneuvers, uh, makes it feel like a much more strategic uh, game and decision as to whether or not you're even going to pick up those crates. Like honestly, AMG really knocked this last uh, last drop out of the park, in my opinion. But Brett, they messed up the ion rules of how I liked it, and I know, it. and and it wasn't properly put in the rules reference, so they needed to fix it two days later, which was ridiculous. I mean, how could they possibly do that? They clearly okay. rush everything. Um, and you know what's just like such a, a strong sign that, uh, you know, this is still X-Wing? Like, uh, so 
Jonathan had said Jack Mooney won that last uh, UK Games Expo tournament. He actually didn't. He was first in Swiss. It was Bartosz from Team Poland who won. And guess who was the leader in Swiss today? Same Bartosz. Oh, you uh, did recognize him. I, I told you I know that name. Yes, he's, uh, I believe, also the guy um, uh, heading up the, the whole blockchain um, program. And, I mean, Ali Pocknell, right, world champion, He's uh, he made the cut at UK Games Expo. Like, this is still X-Wing. The skills are still transferring over, and the people who, uh, you know, who knew how to play clearly still know how to play. It's not just a game of luck. It's clearly still a game of skill. It's just slightly different than it used to be. All right, let's get off a of soapbox for the moment. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bed you. then. Let, let's, <laughs> let's let's talk. Who is your favorite X-wing player? Duncan Howard, no question about it. Like just watching him play, I mean, you can see the the gears turning in his brain. His his eyes are darting all over the place. He, he, I've never, and I, I've gone and I've tried to watch, you know as many good players as I can watch. I've never seen someone who just is always on as much as, as Duncan is. So uh, I would pick him in basically any tournament that he's playing at. Jonathan, same question. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Duncan is a great player. Uh, I played him once, maybe twice. Uh, pleasure both times. Um who is my favorite X-Wing player that I played or who's like internet famous? Oh, maybe... you, you, inter- internet famous, you know, they could have been. Did a good uh, run. Anyway. Legacy. I, you know, one legacy? Um, it, could, it could be anyone. All right. Back in the old days, I really liked Kinetic Operator. I think he was one of the best X-Wing players back in the day. Kinetic and um, Sable, Sable Griffin. That's a long. Uh, that's from the old, old, old days. Give us, give us the uh, biography. All right. So, kinetic operator. Uh, so there was a time early on where the only people who had made cut at every worlds was uh, there was it was Paul Kiever, uh, Dallas, Dallas Parker, and in uh, kinetic operator, there were several years where they were the only ones who had made cut every single time. And he is uh, the last. He always comes up with unconventional. He would come up with unconventional lists. He had one. I think he flew Rebel Convoy, which was uh, two. I think it was like two of the outer ring smugglers and then two Y wings. He flew a K wing list in um the last worlds that i remember that he went to and i remember watching or a game of his where he like did a three bank three bank and slammed into a three bank and landed right in the middle of the opposing players formation like perfectly and afterwards he said he didn't know that it would actually land there but it like uh really freaked his opponent out that he landed it so perfectly right in the middle um he last I heard he had opened a game store in Nebraska somewhere, but I, I don't think he plays X-Wing anymore. And Sable Griffin used to be on, um, I forget the name of that podcast. 
It's the one that um, Jeremy Chambly's podcast in the old days. That we forgot the name of the last time, and I looked it up, and then I never got a chance to say what it was. Was it Kessel Run? Yeah, the Kessel Run. It was him with uh, Chumby and Wookiee Man Farley, and they had a podcast back in the day, and they were based in... Are they in Dallas? I think they are. And then Sable was like a local player, and he had... uh, uh, he would play um, Alabaster Hippo Space Ballet, that list, which is, I miss the names of the old list, Alabaster Hippo Space Ballet, which was three Omicron group pilots and uh, one of them with Darth, old Darth Vader crew and Sunter Fel uh, as o- oh, Alabaster Hippo Space Ballet. And then I remember the last time I remember him being at Worlds, he brought like just Thai bombers with bombs. Um, anyways. Those are maybe my two favorite legacy players. Um, also, we like Jeff Burling. Uh, Jeff Burling. Um, that name yeah. is is uh, infamous, right? Dengaroo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Dengaroo. He's all, he's the person who coined the term uh, "good X." Uh, sometimes high level X wing looks like low level X wing. So, what about uh, you, Andrew? I mean, Dan Taylor stole my heart. God, you, probably... almost, you almost, you almost had it. I yo, that would have been like if that was like a bet payout. Like if this is horse racing, that probably would have uh, that would have been a a million dollar bet. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, and that's a little unfair because, like I said, I mean, he was a. Uh, Huge Imperial Assault player and coming from that world, uh, it was... But, I mean, it kind of really showed his, the intelligence that, you know, he brings to the uh, table and, and being able to really kind of go from that game, uh, being the world champ, to being the runner-up uh, within a year of X-Wing. Uh, I, I hope that he does come back to the uh, tables after every, everything kind of, like, settles out. And um, I would assume they... I don't know. I don't think we've seen him in any of the world qualifier events yet. But I don't know if they would give him. Uh, did they give them world events after X amount of wins? Was it like top four or eight world events from the last worlds? Or invites? I think he probably has an invite, yeah. Right. So it would be interesting to see if uh, he does get an invite to, uh, or if he shows up to the next worlds whenever that might be. I believe it is coming. So uh, we'll see what happens. But um, uh, I guess I entered the game right when Nantorsh, right? Am I getting that right? Yes. That's when I came in too, right? Right after, or like right before he uh, he uh, won Worlds. Right. So, uh, you know, maybe that was just me fangirling when I was just like, oh, look at this awesome scum player winning. And then, uh, so they were my, uh, my girl crushes. Just like, what was Nan's, did he fly Dengaroo that year? I believe he did. Yeah, he did fly Dengaroo. Yeah. And actually, I'm, I, uh, it, I came in right when Justin won, um, and beat <laughs> Nan the final, or the, the oh, following. Oh, right, year. that's what happened. Yeah, uh, and like, 
Nand, even though he flew Dengru that first, I mean, uh, he flew a di completely different list and did very well, like that second year. So he definitely, it wasn't just the list. He def it was definitely his skill. Is he like Dutch or Belgian? I think he's Belgian. I think Belgian. That, uh, that sounds I thought it was Dutch because he gave out, didn't he give out the, uh, the windmill locks? But I, that could be Belgian too, for all I know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, uh, let's talk a little bit of what list do you miss the most out of playing previous years? I mean, we've gone through so many point changes, so many erratas. What do you miss the most about maybe 1.0, early days of 2.0, or just the last points change? Is there anything that you are in particular uh, wish you could see again sometime in the game? As oppressive as I'm sure Brett's going to make this. I just really miss when Miranda was good. <laughs> like Miranda is is one of the pilots that has just never been let out of uh, first edition jail. Um, it, it was, I mean, Fen Rao and the Sheet the Pete had been in there too, but but they recently just dropped him down to four points, and now like uh, you're going to see him all over the place, I think. But Miranda just got nuked so hard in her pilot ability. I just don't see how they're going to make her playable. And I really, really loved flying that ship in first edition. So I, I miss Miranda the most. I, I also flew a lot of Miranda in first edition, but I always flew Miranda skinny. <clears throat> oh, I didn't. My, my whole thing was how can I just squeeze one extra point on there? So my Miranda beats yours. Um, I, <laughs> I would always. I love flying Miranda next to Nora. I loved Nora in first edition. Well, now you can just fly Shara Bay. It's the same thing. Yeah, but but no like expertise. It's not it, quite the same. You can't get the double. Like the ability is not as good in second. I mean, it's the exact same ability, but it doesn't do as much. I think one thing that I, uh, I mean, okay, I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but I miss the level of um that like a tawny mind link kind of brought to the table and like even after they nerfed it it was kind of like uh you still saw it pop up that you could have like just batteries that had a tawny mind link on it and like that was kind of what really like i wouldn't say when i started playing the game but like really what like brought me to like the tournament scene and everything was was throwing that so like it has some nostalgia to it that i miss that and i, I wouldn't say i miss it but it was kind of like i i don't see anything even remotely like that now in x-wing um and like i've thought about it too like i think there's some things in resistance that really kind of are similar that you could just be like, okay, this thing is going to take X amount of focuses when it is. I, I'm going to have to look it up. But I, I remember when 2.0 first came out. It was like the first thing I was just like, I think you can still do this. But it, it's just not in the game of having like batteries or anything like that that generates action economy for you when it's not even a part of the game. Or uh, I guess the closest thing that really kind of came to it was Handbrake Han. But I mean, I know like it's, that's oppressive. I mean, there, it's good reason that Atani Mine Link is out of the game now. It was fine until 
it was dial inflation that made it bad. Like the dials got so good. Or it was di- the dials got so good that Atani. That's what broke Atani mind. Like because it was there at the very beginning of Scum, and no one used it until the Shadowcaster and the Fang Fighter came out, and their dials right. were so good it didn't matter because <laughs> the penalty <laughs> did, was onerous at first when the dials weren't as good. It turns out though that uh, like blue three turns is pretty solid for the uh, the Shadowcaster. Mm-hmm. I I took that Shadowcaster. I, I think that was like my main ship. I mean, even through two point I, I flew that nonstop. I'm hoping one day it does get a black box. I okay, so the list I missed the most actually is Fen Rao and three and three Fang fighters. It did nothing wrong. I don't know why it has been. It, it was really didn't do anything wrong. It was very pure X Wing. Like three zealous recruits, Fen Rao. I don't need any upgrades. That's just what I want to put on the table. And it just, uh, it was just. That's one of my favorite lists ever, and it bothers me that uh, I can't play it. You know what it did wrong? It had generics in it. And generics are bad and not allowed. And and it didn't have any upgrades. And I need to bring. And I'm supposed to bring lots of upgrades. And then you got to have upgrades. Remember they uh they dropped the points down in front. Oh of yeah. And I didn't know what to do with those points. Yeah, I think the, you had like um, seven points or something. And after fearless, it's like okay. Take in um <laughs> all right, I have something else tangential to say but if andrew wanted to say what this team is the most then so in the fly better interview with Plummer and pagani they talked about reducing cognitive load on players which is great right like so you don't have to um but i feel like having tons and tons of loadout points increases cognitive load yeah definitely like i it's gotten to the point now like andrew and i were just playing before we started recording and i didn't even look at his list like, I, I don't freaking have the time for a pickup game right now to try and remember what 12 cards you brought. Like, it, it's definitely getting overwhelming as far as what's on the other side of the table. I think I so, agree with that. It's kind of funny because uh, that, that's basically what happened to me at East Coast Gamers when I like went up against Tom in that final uh, table was like, I, I didn't look at his list and like... I was just kind of like, okay, and there's a lot going on, and there's so many upgrade cards now that it's hard to like really like. I, I'm curious if it's going to hit a point that you just look for specific cards. Like, I mean, obviously, uh, part of no, I wouldn't say the only downfall. I, I did mess up a lot of turn zero stuff too, but it was like if I would have remembered that Sabine was on there, if it would have gone any differently. Um, but it's. It is getting a little cumbersome to be like, okay, you have all these cards and I'm looking for X amount of specific crew or upgrades that might really defunct my list. Also, going back real quick, it was C-3PO coordinating something beyond range 2 that you could throw it on like Han Solo and like you could have like a battery just throw like, I don't know. C-3PO on, like, a crappy, like, pod. 
Right, yeah, and then if uh, if the ship has calculate on its action right. bar, there's no you can range just, uh, restrictions. Throw like right? a GA something or I don't know on Han, and you can just calculate that from across the board. Or right, and that was that was one of those cards that was super future proofed, if I remember correctly, because they there was nothing that added calculate onto your action bar for I want to say like a year or a year and a half, and then they dropped those uh those two crew the it's the resistance one and and there's some other one I think. So you could finally right. make that work, but I, I don't think we've ever really seen C-3PO just doing that battery roll, even though it's possible. I should do it. That's what you should do. Stop flying Fen already. I'm really sick of this stupid five dice attacks. Uh, okay, um, but going back to what we were talking about, uh, I mean... I like certain things about the aspect of uh, being able to bring upgrades and everything, but I think at the same time, we got to see some kind of something on those restricted lists uh, that instead of just maybe bans, because like I feel like we can we can do without some things, and uh, I don't know. What if you just have like a pool of upgrade, you know, instead of a. Uh, like you have twenty points of squad building and twenty points of upgrades. It'd be hard to balance the ships. Like... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I like the way they have it now more personally. I wouldn't mind maybe if there were like five flex points or something like that built in where you could uh, you know, customize a little bit, but I, I think just having the one large pool, like Jonathan said, would be a balancing nightmare. Remember when we thought delayed fuses and munitions fail safe? We're going to be like, oh, we need to get to 200. And we had no I know. Idea. They were like, hey, why don't you wait till the full rule set before you start implementing these? And we're like, we don't need to do that. We'll spam munitions fail safe. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> Turns out we were wrong. Now, um, why. Now, now that uh, we have road, is there any reason we need deficit scoring anymore? I haven't really thought about it, but it's just like no, that is something that we've uh, kind of brought up in discords and stuff, and I don't really think we do. I, I think that's one of those things that we're probably like, this is an early rule that we're it was there to fix bidding and stuff like that, but I, I think that might be something because like. We're getting to like a, the point that with especially with the acts of a lot of two point ships in a lot of these factions, it sometimes is hard to list build and get to twenty without uh, like giving your opponents any kind of points. So I'm curious if that's going to be something that changes, and you know, I, changes are going to happen. I mean, we saw how many changes happened in 1.0 and how many changes happened in 2.0, and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that, you know, it, it could be on them to just be like, okay, we made a mistake. Deficit scoring is not needed anymore. So, but I, at the same time, I'm also curious if, like, I don't think they take the time to be like, you can take these two ships, but that's going to put you at 19 points, and uh, that's going to be your penalty for bringing these two points or these two ships that are like 10 points and nine points. I don't know. I think uh, I was a very big proponent of deficit scoring, but I don't think it, it is necessary here, uh, at least not 
immediately if you're below 20. Like I could see maybe if they if you're below 18 points, maybe there's there's you know a points fortressing thing going on and you you can do any you know deficit for anything below 18 points or or whatever number gets picked. But I don't think we just need pure deficit scoring. Like it, right. road really has changed that entirely. God, doesn't that feel so good? Like I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like I can't imagine going back to a pre-road bidding day. Like, yeah, I, it, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that is definitely something that's really. Does the legacy league do road? I don't think they do. Do they? I'm not sure, but okay. But yeah, you know, I, I 100% uh, agree with that. Like, I, I feel like that was something that like really hit the nail on the head, and uh, I enjoy it. And I, 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 I tell you what, even with the bumping rules, uh, I think that like it still works like it's uh, i'm trying to plan out everything that i'm doing and if i think that there is such a dire chance that i'm going to mess things up by not getting that road roll that i need i'm not doing that maneuver and it definitely changes things yeah it's made dial so much more interesting and like i was not ever super anti-road but i was hesitant right like I, I definitely was the most skeptical person on the podcast, and I think uh, I, I think that was a really bad take on my part because it it showed that AMG actually knew what they were doing a lot more than I did, and uh, you know it's definitely made it so I am going to give any of their changes a chance now because you know what I'm not a game designer and they are coming up with ideas that I would never have thought were were good. Um, I, I remember when it first dropped and, you know, some people were like, it clearly shows they don't know how to play X-Wing. And, you know, I, I wasn't vocally necessarily saying something quite that strong, but I was, you know, probably internally nodding along. And, you know, it, it was a home run. So, like, I, I can't ever imagine going back. And it's it has made the dials just so much more consequential. Like, it used to be really easy, right? Like, you you would know what the best maneuver was 90% of the time, probably because you knew exactly how you were moving in the initiative order. And now you have to hedge your bets a little bit more, but sometimes take a really big risk because it's your only way to win uh, or, or just completely turn away. Um, you know, to make what is not the optimal maneuver if you, uh, are, you know, are getting to move second, but is the optimal maneuver if you're moving first. I don't know. I, I love the, the, mind games it plays yeah i definitely agree and like i said that is one of the best things that i think came out of the game so far um like i said i might not agree with everything but i i don't think that i'd be able to go back to a x-wing without a road at this point so it's too bad because i was really good at the bidding game right like it was so annoying Boy, I would. I can't even tell you how many hours I spent just just trying to figure out how can I squeeze one more point out of this list. Like I, I have to find some way to get this bid, you know, up to fourteen or something like that. And it's so much more of a relief now just to go to a tournament. Like here's my twenty points. I don't know about you. I don't really feel the need to like keep my list hidden anymore. When back then, like I, I felt like it was always a you know, a, a secret to figure or to, to keep your bid, uh, you know, confidential. Like I, I'd be like, Oh, it's, it's like 11 points. I know it's 15 points, but it's like 11 points. So, 
you know, maybe you'll try and outbid me a 12 and I still got you, buddy. <laughs> That's why you always, I always bid up to uh 200. <laughs> or you would just take cards away when we got to the table. One of the two. <laughs> Jonathan, you're you're probably you you never, I never did. did. Yeah. No, like if I had a one, like if I couldn't find a, a place to spend one point, that'd be the only way. But I'd always go to two hundred. Yeah, I felt like in um, the types of lists I play, there was never room to bid. I don't know. Is there anything that you guys want to see out of X Wing in the future? I want support ships to be even more prevalent than they are now. I love the archetypes that have support ships in them. And they're finally getting a place in the game, but I want that place to be cemented even further because uh, I think support ships make the game fun. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I think when I first heard about like a lot of the changes, I was really excited to see what kind of support ships and like, I do agree that they are getting there to a point, but they're not there to a point that you're bringing them into all your lists. Like, I mean, firepower is just still the best thing to do and probably the uh, best uh, route to take. And I really wish, I mean, I, like I said, I was building this Han list, scum Han list. And I was like, I built him to not, kill anything basically but just sit there to support my ships and to really kind of throw out strains um where's the strain yeah, it's depletes at my opponent and but it was like it's six points it's it's still a value because he was i6 and but it was at the same time it was just like i could just bring six points of something that could absolutely just kill the opposite ship and uh not risk the the support so i i hope that does come a little bit more as well how does that interact with i mean in objective scenario based play does it is it harder to make support ships useful and uh it depends i guess on the objective because like i mean if you're doing stuff like coordinating and being able to shoot them boosts into um into objectives and stuff like that it could definitely help yeah, I, I've been fine. I've been using uh, support ships in almost all my lists, and I feel like it's it's been much more helpful for objectives. Like you can't uh, coordinate the objective action, but uh, you know you, you can range control and make sure you're out of the fight, but you're giving the ship that's in the fight and doing the scenario action a focus. Still, um, you can you can just get them into some very interesting places on with the pre position uh, like coordinates. So I, I don't know. I think I think they're at a good place now, and I just like I said, I want it to keep growing. And we really need the lamb to come back. That's a travesty. Jonathan, is there anything you wish to see X Wing bring to the table? Um, probably, uh, like something that was there in the past and back again or something really or. different or um, it could be like a ship that you saw in uh you know your dreams you know i would really like to see those this blue squadron scarif pilots you know i would like uh general merrick i'd really like to see him not that we need more x-wing pilots you know but 
Is that the mustache guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that mustache guy, like he has like lines and screen time and a name and like and at the end of the movie you might not remember his name, but you would be like, Oh yeah, the mustache guy. Exactly. You know? The guy who gave orders to like Red Leader and Gold Leader were listened to him. All right, and that would be like so. We have the the Battle of Yavin Pack coming out, right? And the Battle of Scarif Pack would be pretty awesome as well. Um, but the problem with that is like those are both just Rebel Imperial uh, battles. Like we we need we need more uh, more big battles for these other. We don't factions. need any more any more Republic CIS content. And we don't need any CIS content, but <laughs> Republic could use some more. Well, they didn't they talk about like the siege of Coruscant as being like Battle of Yavin and Coruscant as being like the two. Yes. Yeah. And I guess uh, we could I... have uh, like a whatever the hell the the, the last uh, Star Wars movie battle was. Exegol. Exegol. Right? Yeah. I'm interested to see what these packs are going to have, and if they are going to be. Pres- uh, specifically scenario or uh, like just flavor side games or something, or if they're actually going to have cards that you could bring to a tournament and put on the table. Yeah. I really hope the cards are standard. Like if, if this is just a, a pack that is completely not usable in tournament play, that'll be very disappointing. What about all right? All right, we're talking about X Wing. Why don't we? Uh, what are you excited? I mean, we we've all watched Obi Wan. We're not going to spoil anything. I'm pleased. I mean, is there anything that you're hoping for that might like it could be canon that's not canon? Did everyone see the the Corin that was in the uh, credits? Yeah. Well, who cares about that? They're, they his father's name is like on the. Uh the 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 jedi underground wall like i mean they are they're actually trying it seems to to bring him back or, or at least you know give us some easter eggs to to be happy about it but yes i'm very excited about the possibility of Cornhorn coming back they just need like an e-wing to pop up in the last episode of obi-wan and- or get rid of the stupid e-wing and just put him in the x-wing where he belongs tell us how you really feel brett I'm sorry. I'm very opinionated about uh about how Cornhorn needs to be in an X-wing. Give him like, a. We need a Rogue Squadron pack big time because we need more X-wing pilots, as Jonathan said. <laughs> I mean, I'm not opposed to any more. Like, give me as many pilots as you possibly can. Yeah, I, I, I would be so X-wing. happy with just card packs for for two years while they start developing stuff if they're not already doing it. Yeah, like, card I mean, packs would work. I don't care if they start to start reprinting uh, the old chips and putting them in black boxes. Like I'd be okay with that. If you're giving me pilots. Yep. I will happily rebuy everything. Also, did you guys see the, at the Q and a of the, uh, at star Wars celebration. And they were like, Oh, we've complete we, we've done everything for first order. So I didn't see that, but I I did read that they said that. Yeah, she was just like she was. He was like, "When are we going to get more first order love?" And she's like, "Oh, um, we, we we've we've completed everything for first order." And he was like, "Well, we still need our tie dagger." 
And they like kind of just looked at each other and they were like, uh, but <laughs> it made you kind of think that there is nothing in development for first order. And it's like, okay, I, and like, I don't, um, it's going on like a Disney tangent. I'm like, I'm like curious if like, they're really just putting the pillow over like the sequel trilogy and like trying to like, uh, which is weird to me, I guess that they would do that because like all the shows that have come out are very like post the OG trilogy. And they're like very similar to that. Uh, I feel like, yeah. So I think it's very notable that they said nothing was in development. Cause usually they're like, Oh, we can't talk about future product. But, exactly. Um, yeah. But I think I, I've come to think of star Wars and its timelines and stuff as like more like how I think about superheroes that it doesn't actually matter what the what time. Like, yeah, it's Batman. What version of Batman? When is it Batman? Whatever. You know, it's Star Wars. It doesn't. Right. I don't really even pay attention to like, is it in the past? Is it in the present? Is it the future? Do you know what I mean? Time ago and ago yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, or what I mean, like, I don't care as much about a, a progressing narrative going from, you know, um, original, uh, prequel original trilogy, sequel trilogy and beyond. It's just like they're telling stories at all the time in all the places. And it's just, you know, I treat it more like reading comic books or watching superhero stuff where it's like you see the origin story of Spider-Man three different times. And it's like, which Spider-Man is this? Oh, whatever. It's Spider-Man. You know? Right. I think the only reason that I'm kind of like hard up on it is uh, because we have the faction locks basically. And I, I would be interested to see if like, instead of like resistance, just like say like new Republic. And like, I feel like you could like kill a lot of like, I don't know, but then we're, we're all so like i don't know uh, from disney's standpoint like we don't see anything that is in that times period i would say and that seems a little like weird to me i mean okay no, but also i mean when you go down to, if you ever go to disney their entire uh like star wars section of hollywood studios is completely it's the resistance um but I'm sure that was probably in development all when uh, the movies came out. And, and like, yeah, I do get what you're like saying, um, but I feel like there's a lot of links that we're seeing now, like the Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, they're all being linked from the uh, original trilogy where we're not seeing any kind of new content at all. And like, maybe we are seeing it in the mediums that I'm not like looking at like books or comic books or anything like that. Um, Cause I don't follow them, but it's it, it just, I find it very weird that like Disney just completely is, it, hasn't released anything more than that. It feels like they're shifting to that high Republic stuff, right? Like are yeah. they making a high Republic something like a movie or maybe a TV show. I think they're, I believe so. Yeah. So, which sucks because it's Jedi and, you know, I'm sure Brett will be like, yay, but woo, you know, star Wars. I mean, star Wars is Jedi. It really is. It really is. I mean, I like space pirates, but then there's lots, there's space pirates everywhere and other genres, the other. Yeah. Don't breathe. You know what we really need in in uh, X Wing? Firefly. We need uh, 
we need some Grand Admiral Thrawn. We do. Like, and, and I don't care if it's, you know, when he's with the Empire or before that and make a whole new faction. But, I mean, there's... He's too good of a character to not be in this game. So, uh, in canon, is he still around? Do, yeah, Ahsoka's looking for him. Oh, is that Ahsoka's really? looking for him. Yes, he's. So people think he's gonna be in uh in the Ahsoka show, right? Oh, that would be amazing. Because Ahsoka, in spoiler, in that episode of season two of the Mandalorian, she's questions that person. I forget their name. And says, "Where is Admiral Grand Admiral Thrawn?" Right. Thrawn is, Thrawn is a great character. Right, and so I'm going to be honest. I haven't finished Rebels, but like, didn't the 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 end of Rebels like kind of open up the possibility of a whole Star Wars multiverse or time travel type thing mm, it's involving about space Grand Admiral and. Uh, and Ezra, sorry, what oh, was that? Jonathan? Space whales. It involves sentient space whales. Oh. Hmm. Are they? Oh, I'm I don't not... know if they're sentient or if they're like actual, but it did involve space whales. Uh, uh okay. I I was gonna spoil something in the latest Obi Wan, but I I will not do that. Um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I guess in Rebels, yeah, you can spoil Rebel. I mean, that's been a, yeah. Rebels uh, is Rebels is fair game. The um, in the end, like the space whales all like go jump into hyperspace and go really far away, and they take Thrawn and Ezra Bridger with them. Oh wait, so you were being serious about the space whales thing? I thought you were just like yeah, yeah, I'm being serious. Messing with me. <laughs> okay. I, well, I guess so, one of these days I need to watch Rebels. I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but I, from what I'm reading about the Ahsoka is we're going to see characters from Rebels pop back up. So, I mean, Sabine is supposed to be, you know, right? Yeah, I believe they do have her cast. I am. I, I said this before the show, but I am very excited for uh, Taika's Star Wars movie. That he, I mean, we don't know anything about it, but like I said, everything that guy touches is gold. So... I'm excited to see what he does. We could definitely use some gold in Star Wars right now. Yeah. I mean, he he just did the, the most recent Thors. And they're pretty great. I'm excited to see Love and Thunder. Padme's in that, did you know? Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> Thor. The, yeah, yeah, Padme Thor. Um, all right. Is there any other Star Wars that we want to talk about? Any anything you guys want to just talk about in general? Uh, so the space whales are called Purgle. Okay, I'm not going to spoil anything. But was there a Purgle in the latest episode of Obi Wan, or in the second episode? What? When he's working, are they like dissecting a space whale? Oh, I don't know. They're that thing was massive. It's like, couldn't they get droids to do that? Wouldn't that be right? Easier? I mean, are, they're on Tatooine, though. Like, the water that each person would need to drink, and it's like, you'd think it'd be easier just to have... Uh... And it's like days. I should probably put, like, a spoiler alert, F50. But it, this isn't even that big of a spoiler. They're, like, dissecting it. It looks like a giant space whale. 
the thing the one issue with Star every time they need a planet or like they always introduce new wit new monsters and like rather than there's too many giant space monsters different kinds well i'm not opposed to that yeah but sometimes it's good to reincorporate what's already been created to create sure. more. I mean, they do it too much with always going back to Tatooine. But like, why is that? Like, I mean, like I know like people like really harp on like, oh, they just need to leave Tatooine. But like, I mean, it's such a vital, uh, like position for you know, the the Star Wars story. That like, yeah. why, why do you think? Um, uh, that they it... do keep going back there. Uh, it's kind of like Arrakis and Dune, which is the center of the Dune universe. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I am pretty sick of seeing it. I won't lie. But I think yeah. like all all other planets, they like visit a planet once and you never see it again ever anywhere. Yeah. You know, for most other planets that show up, other than Tatooine. Right, and and like you can't really like you fault them for them being in Tatooine for Obi-Wan because obviously the, the story is where it goes, but um, yeah, where would you like? I'd like to see more Coruscant. Like I'd say yeah. other than Coruscant and Tatooine, is there a planet that they go, that shows up more in more than one movie? Naboo. Naboo. All right. Oh, um, Dagobah. All right. But that might be it. That might be um, it. Let's see. Uh, Brett, you said that Baron is now the is the best or or KFC. I did not say this. You're just trying to start start nope. drama. Don't think so. I believe Baron is now the top dog. Uh, all right. Well, anything else before we close out the show? Any anything you miss about Star X Wing? Anything I miss about X Wing? Uh, I wish we saw more of what's his face, uh, Benicio del Toro in oh, Star DJ? Wars. DJ, DJ, that just really felt it? like it was going somewhere, didn't it? I wish that movie was just such garbage. <laughs> Sorry, hot take. All right, uh, all right. Final shout outs. Anything else? I was gonna say, I there are some first edition pilots I miss now that I think about it. Uh, Carnar Jacks, um, Tycho, Tycho, Psycho Tycho, but even like um, uh, Wes uh, Jansen. Yep, he had a nice shot. Yeah, where I mean, Wes Jansen named character on screen in movie. So Carner, Wes Jensen, Tycho, uh, uh, who else? Hobby in the X-Wing, Tarn, Tarn Meeson. Uh, what's this? All, all the original TIE Advanced pilots. Juno Eclipse. That was a cool name. I don't remember what, what Juno Eclipse did, but I remember I liked the name. I think she did something about changing the difficulty of maneuvers that were your banks or something like you treat your one banks as two banks or something. I forget. People didn't think she'd be good and I don't think she was good. Um, I want them to re band cards. I want them to reprint new versions of those pilots. 
Yeah, right. Like Hera not being in a VCX is pretty criminal. Oh, they need an i6 Hera in the VCX. I agree. And like, give her the same freaking ability she has in the other like ships. Like, like well, it's she gonna mean so she's not great. And uh, but then at least people can take her. Yeah, she's the main. She was she piloted the Ghost ninety nine percent of the okay, time. Okay. Okay. It's been years since I watched her. Even I knew that. Come on, Andrew. You suck. Yeah, she's, you suck. <laughs> yeah, she's... Ba- yeah, she's... Yeah. She pilots the Ghost more than Han Solo pilots the Millennium Falcon. Right. Because, like, La- Lando and Chewie both fly the Falcon plenty. So yeah, I don't know. I there there's there's definitely lots of places where they can take X-wing. I think even if it's just uh, new pilots. Yeah, new pilots, I, new scenarios. I yeah, think new scenarios are gonna be great. It'll be good. All right. Uh, so I think that's going to close out this episode. Thank you for sticking around. Wait, we have some we have some tournaments though that we should maybe. Um, uh, let's shout out these tournaments. All right, so on June 11th, there is a tournament at Red Seal Gaming in Matawan, New Jersey. On June 25th, there is a tournament at East Coast Gamers. Um, I believe there is a tournament at a place called Hex in New York on like the 18th or 19th of, of June. Probably the 18th. I think 19th is Father's Day. Um and there might be a, a tournament at um, Red Caps, but I don't really know much about that because I don't, I don't generally go to Red Caps. So if you know that one, give that one a shout out, Andrew. Uh, I believe that is on yeah the eighteenth. Oh, that one might be the eighteenth as well. Okay. Yes. Oh, yes. Then, you know, maybe the one in Hex is actually the twenty sixth, the day after East Coast Gamers. Um, but either way, there's there's a lot of local tournaments going on. Um, I will be at the one at ECG and also the one at Red Seal Gaming. Which one's the Red Seal Gaming? What date? Uh, next Saturday, the 11th. Uh, you should go. I can't. If there was one, I may, I may be able to eat the Red Caps. You could try and get a, get some revenge uh, against Tom. He's going to be there. Uh, let's, you know, tell Tom to come to uh, Red Caps or Baron, whichever one you think's the best. All right. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Discord and all the fun places. Uh, We will have some news soon, hopefully. So have a great night. And thank you again for listening.